Side Hustle Show 182, Digital Real Estate Investing for Cashflow. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, where aspiring part-time entrepreneurs learn how to turn their side hustle dreams into reality. Because your nine to five may make you a living, but your five to nine makes you alive. And now your host, Nick Loper. What's up, what's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show. Moral of the story, kids, don't wait till the last minute to record your show because you never know when you're going to lose your voice. And I got the tea going. I got the cough drops going. It's going to be okay. We're going to get through this. Today's guest calls himself the OG of buying and selling online businesses, having done over 100 deals in the past 15 years. You're going to hear why Ace Chapman from Portfolio Sharks says you should be looking to buy an income stream instead of build one from scratch. We're looking at this through the lens of a digital real estate acquisition from sourcing deals to finding a price point and and buyer terms you're comfortable with and uh, and the red flags to avoid so you don't get burned. Notes, links, and a free PDF highlight reel with all of Ace's top tips from this call are at sidehustlenation.com slash Ace. And before we dive in, I want to take a moment to thank today's sponsor, FreshBooks.com. FreshBooks is the affordable small business accounting software for side hustlers and freelancers with invoices and time tracking built right in. You can get started with your 30-day free trial at FreshBooks.com slash sidehustle. I'm going to be back to tell you a little bit more about FreshBooks along with my top takeaways from this call with Ace right after the interview. Ready? Let's do it. You know, when it, when it comes to finding deals, we all inherently know that the very best deals are going to be on what I call the hidden market. So you have deals that are advertised and then you have the deals that you know, are done kind of behind the closed doors is what they always say. And, you know, the truth is, if something's advertised, it's probably inherently not as good as the thing that's not that sells without being advertised because, you know, let's say you got a Rolls Royce that's like brand new and you're like, I got to get rid of this thing today. I'm going to sell it for $50,000. You can probably talk to a few people and get that sold it would be more of a headache to put out an ad and have to deal with everybody. So what we try to do is find those deals that are on the hidden market, but we don't want to do it while ignoring the deals that are on the market. So the first thing is, you know, checking out the market. The market is great for educating you on what types of deals you want to do, what types of deals are out there, what what are the reasonable pricing of those deals, so that when you start to look at something that may not be on the market, you have that education. And some of the places on the market to look for deals are bizbysell.com. Another place that, that Nick and I, if you're looking at internet businesses in particular, a few places to check out Empire Flippers. And, and that's where, you know, I realized I was trying to re- think of, of where I recognize your name from, Nick, uh, when, when we first started talking about the podcast. And I was like, we just realized at the beginning of the call, it's from uh, a deal that you did a while back that didn't go well. That went south. Let's not, let's not rub salt on that one. <laughs> You know, the, the, when you're looking at these own market deals, the Empire is still is a really great place. I've done a lot of deals with them. I know you, you've had Jess on the show and done a deal with them. So I'm, I'm a big fan of what they do. And one of the reasons that they're at the top of my list is the fact that when you're buying these deals, part of the moat around you that protects you is the fact that no, of billions and billions of sites out there, ideas out there, niches, different types of products, just all these combinations that you can put together to create something 
that is profitable. Nobody knows how profitable and how something is built and what's going on with that business. And since it's really easy to throw up a website, once somebody knows that your business is profitable, it's easy for them to duplicate it, let alone if they actually get the Google Analytics and, and you know, break down some of those things. So the things that I think that I love when it comes to Internet businesses about Empire Flippers is that they require a cash deposit up front before you can get access to the information. Because there are basically groups of people out there now that are just going to these brokers that are giving the prospectuses. So it basically is a blueprint to copy a business oh, really? out to any, any and everybody. And you have people that just sit around and copy businesses all day long from these prospectuses. Okay, so they say, why buy it when I can you know, rip this guy off and build it myself? Exactly. So I'm, I'm a big fan of Empire. We do a lot of deals with them. And, and that would be the very first place that I look online. Okay, so that's empireflippers.com. So my theory with them is kind of like what you mentioned earlier about the hidden market. It's kind of like a real estate deal. Once something hits the MLS, you know, the market efficiencies take place. And you're not likely to score an amazing bargain on it. Is that a correct assumption? You know, it's kind of this hierarchy in our world. It's almost like the more secret you are, the better it is for the buyer. So if something is completely public, that's the worst. And it's the same in, you know, when you get out of virtual world into uh, things like the stock market, the very absolute worst deals, the highest multiples you're going to pay is for these public companies that everybody has all the information on, everybody has access to. And you're going to pay 20, 25, 30 multiple on those deals. When you say multiple, is that on monthly earnings, annual earnings? Annual earnings. So when you go to the stock market and, and you buy a business, you're paying that 20, 30, 40 multiple of their actual earnings. Okay. So the, the, so the S&P trades right now at like 24 price earnings ratio or something. Yeah. So you get into tech companies and it's going to be way higher than that. So to compare that to online, that would be like Flippa. You know, you got a bunch of businesses. It's just out there. You know, you go to Flippa.com. You can see what the URL is. You can see what the business is making, who the owner is. And it's just a bunch of, of, of bidding where you're basically in this auction environment. And everybody's bidding up this price, which you know, is a psychological play on uh, kind of people wanting something. Right. We just had an eBay seller on. He's, he was like, I use that auction to my advantage every time as a seller. Exactly. Exactly. So it's like, that's great. And, you know, you can just like public companies and make a ton of money by selling stuff to the random people who know, don't know what they're doing. The next level down is the opportunities like we're talking about where somebody does have a little bit of a wall and they may make you sign an NDA. You got to make a little bit more of an effort, and but you're still getting that information from those folks. And, and you compare that to like real estate. You know, when I bought my very first uh, piece of real estate, I was excited about it. I actually bought a business that bought and sold real estate. And this is during 2004, 2005. And, you know, I, I get this piece of rental property, end up building a, a, a portfolio of about 28 rentals. I just was astonished that so many people were so excited about this. And it was building equity so incredibly slow. I, you know, as somebody 
who had bought businesses, my very first business, when I bought it, I bought it at a one times earnings. And so it basically paid for itself 100% in the first year. Did it a little bit less than that because I grew it a bit. But even if I did nothing to it, it paid for itself 100% in, in, in a year. So you compare that to real estate where it was like, man, this thing's going to take 15 years before it pays off or 20 years or 30. So it's like, this is way too slow. So I knew I had to get out of that game and get back into buying businesses just because of the velocity of the wealth that you're building is so much faster. And we've only got so much time on earth. So I can't wait 30 years to pay off a house. Okay. So that's kind of that second level down. And then you get to the next level and that's the empire flippers where they do have enough of a gate to get in that you can find some very quality deals. You know, you're not competing with everybody. You know, when you're in real estate, you're competing with a bunch of real estate investors and you know, you're bidding against them. You get to that next level and you're not having to compete as much. But like you're talking about, when you get down to the hidden market, that's where very few people are. You're dealing with a seller one on one. And it's almost like you could go to the CEO of that public company, talk to him and build a relationship. Say, hey, man, you know, I know your stock is selling at $50 a share. We're boys. How about you give it to me at 25? <laughs> you can't do that because it's illegal. So the thing with buying directly from a seller without anybody else involved, no broker involved, no other bidders, isn't that you're going to get this rock bottom deal. It's really that you're going to be able to create a win-win situation. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over three and a half million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. 
So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. On the hidden market side, anything you're doing to like proactively drive deals to you or seek them out by, you know, looking for, uh, you know, like the signs on the side of the road that say like we buy ugly houses or something like that. Is, is there an online equivalent? <laughs> The thing that's working tremendously well, especially for the internet businesses right now, is LinkedIn. Basically targeting groups to targeting communities where people are building businesses that are the kinds of businesses that you want to buy and just letting them know. The awesome thing as somebody who's kind of building a portfolio of internet businesses or just a business buyer in general is that Nobody else knows about this space. There's 99% of the information when it comes to becoming a business owner, becoming free. All of it is about starting from scratch and trying to go start something and learning all of those things. And so when we go into meetup groups or join communities and the people that are a part of our community say, hey, if any of you guys want to sell your business, I want to buy it. We are the only people that are saying that. And so there's not much competition. That's interesting to to put yourself out there in in the community where your, you know, target sellers uh, are operating. I think that's cool for somebody who's trying to do this on the side. Like what kind of initial investment or what kind of startup costs are we looking at this? Because it's like we we are comfortable whether we should be or not. You're kind of investing, you know, hey, if you save 10% of your income, you put it in the market and, you know, 30 years, you're going to be fine. Is there an equivalent? Like, okay, I should allocate, you know, this much to buy a, <laughs> a web property or something. I'm just curious what that startup cost might look like uh, either for you or for some people that you've worked with. You can do a really small amount of money on a profitable business. There's a point on offline deals where you go below really a couple hundred thousand and the businesses are just so terrible that it's not worth buying. You know, the business that's for sale for $50,000, that's an offline business, really isn't worth buying because let's say it's actually selling at a two multiple and it's making 25000 Having the headache of having to sign a lease, having some employees, having the commercial lights and water, having the liability insurance, you know, just all of these things that go on and on and on when you own an offline business, it just isn't worth it. But most likely the 50000 is not going to be a profitable business when you buy something that low. So it's just not worth that headache. The amazing thing with online businesses is, you know, you can buy a $25,000 business that is actually an actual profitable business. And I partner a lot of times with my clients to go buy those deals to limit the amount of money that they're having to put up so that they're able to do the work. You know, I can put up the cash and they can put up a little bit of cash, but do more of the work. And I've got a lot of those deals out there. The work, meaning like the ongoing management and maintenance? Yeah, exactly. Dealing with the customers and, and that kind of thing. And it's it's a win-win. It's great for me because I would rather have somebody focused on that site that's an owner and thinking about it like an owner. And obviously, it's a great thing for them because, you know, I've got to just to deal with a guy 
where we bought an affiliate site. He's only putting up 2,500 of the deal and he's getting that experience of being able to run the business, grow it. And it's a win-win. He does have some equity in it and, and earning more equity and we want to grow it and flip it. Uh, like, so you're, are you fronting the rest of that deal or is like the yeah. seller financing it? Yeah. So we've got a portion of it, the seller finance, we've got a portion of it that I put up and then he's putting up kind of the, the smaller portion of it. And obviously he's going to put up some sweat equity, but the, his goal, he actually does have more cash. But I really encourage people, regardless of how much money, you know, you're talking about the percentages and, and that kind of thing. The very first thing is just to dip your toe in the water, get into a deal and start to learn how this whole space works before you make the huge mistake. You know, I've had a lot of people who aren't a part of our program who find out about us after they've done a deal and they have put their life savings into a business that they fell in love with. And it, you know, it goes downhill or it turns into half of what it was supposed to be. And they're struggling. All these things, whereas they could have tiptoed, learned what business was the right one for them, go through due diligence on a few deals uh, so that they build up their competence before they go jumping headfirst into a large deal. That's what scares me. People plunking down big, big money or a big percentage of their net worth on something because it's like these are high risk high reward, I guess, you know, anything that's trading at a 1x multiple or 2x, you know, annual multiple is, you know, naturally going to have some risk with it. So as you mentioned, 2,500 for this guy, obviously the whole price of the deal is a little bit higher. Do you think there's like a price range sweet spot for new buyers? Like my, the deal that I did that worked well for six months and then tanked was like around 10,000. You know, there's no magic number. But we've done enough deals to just see, okay, these tend not to be as stable. And a lot of times it's just ups and downs. It's not that it goes down all the time. But, you know, the larger you get, the more stable that business tends to be. Sure. It's more established. Uh, you know, the, the revenue is a little bit higher. Hopefully it has some diversified traffic streams, which, uh, which this one didn't. Okay. So twenty five grand is potentially intimidating to some people. So you mentioned like the seller financing options. You mentioned doing your first deal, like on a combo of like, you know, credit cards and stuff. Let's talk about some alternative financing or some creative financing to uh, to get that thing done. The foundation of any deal is some level of seller financing. And when you know, it comes to a lot of the Internet deals, there is a lot of demand out there. And so it is becoming tougher. But I would rather pay a little bit more and have the seller in the deal with me than to pay less and have them cash out and sitting on the beach and when I need their help. (laughs) So I am a lot more deal structure sensitive than I am cash sensitive. I was fortunate to have a, a mentor who worked with me when I was about 25 years old and he's a guy who flipped hospitals. You know, just him telling me that was like, what? Like, that's not possible. Yeah. But one of the insights that he gave me is I was looking at a deal and I'm like, man, you know, they want too much for this. And, da, 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 and you know, they're not willing to budge. I think I'm going to pass on it. And he's like, you know, for me, if I'm buying a business and it's a hundred million dollar business and that's all it's worth and they're they're only willing to sell it for 200 million. I don't throw that deal away. I ask them, hey, if I give you this 200 million, 
will you let me control the terms? Because it's high. That's a lot of money. But I'm willing to give it to you. I'm not even going to do it at $195 million. I'm going to give you all $200 million. But since I'm giving you all of what you want on the price, you need to give me all of what I want on the deal structure. And at the very basic level, when you think about it, if you got to pay a $2 billion for a billion-dollar company, and you can pay a million dollars down and fifty thousand dollars for the next ten thousand years. That's still an amazing deal. <laughs> so you want to get focused on the deal structure more than the price on a lot of these things. Because okay, so the sticker shock can turn some people away, but okay, there's some creative ways to get around that. Absolutely, and so you need that seller involved. Obviously, it lowers the amount of cash that you're having to put up. And it also decreases your risk. And our most important thing is, man, you know, I go into every deal. If this deal goes down, how am I protected? How can I put as little of my cash at risk and get it back as quickly as possible? So, you know, my rule is just never lose money. You know, just how can I get <laughs> good this money back and then be out of it as quickly as possible? What kind of cash flow would a deal that size afford you on a monthly basis? Okay, so you want to make sure that you're doing it at, at no more than two times earnings. Right now, you know, end up being about 12000 or so a year. You know, we've got, you know, it's awesome to see people who may get a portfolio of four or five of those completely replace their income at, at fifty, sixty thousand, 60000 uh, just kind of managing those deals. But also the real key to that is, you know, when you're buying the $25,000 business, trying to limit the amount of upfront cash, even if you have to sacrifice the cash flow for a little while. So, you know, it, you may, it may be 12000 cash flow, but you're willing in that first year to get that seller paid off because even if it, he's taking half of your money, Every month that he's getting half, you know, this thing is becoming more and more stable. It's proven itself, you know, that that person is, you have headaches, they're in there with you. Okay, gotcha. So it's spinning off $1,000 cash a month, but half of that is going to the seller. Exactly. Because, you, okay, okay, okay. Are there like specific things when you're evaluating a website or evaluating a business that you're like, okay, this to me is a green flag of opportunity or like, you know, there are certain things like, okay, hey, look, I'm looking at this site. It's, you know, 2016, it's not mobile optimized. That's like a great opportunity, you know, to, you know, increase the revenue right away or like something like that where you're like, you know, the, the light bulb was going off in your head. You're like, yes, I want this. I can easily add revenue to this. There are just so many, man. <laughs> but yes, we just uh, did a deal a few months ago. We saw that 60% of the traffic was coming from mobile and it wasn't optimized for mobile traffic. So like, it was, that was just a very easy deal. Then there are other things. We did a deal in the survival niche where we bought a, a site. The guy you know, was doing about 80000 a year. And was selling this survival knife. It was going really well. We bought the bit. He added this database of people. Yeah, we ended up uh, buying this thing. And we, we just put a bunch of affiliate offers and uh, did, uh, you know, did really well with that one. Then there's a, a very neat deal that we're working on right now where the owner of it has a database of about half a million 
users. And we're getting this effect of the different sites that we're, we own being able to work together. So we had a, a one deal that was in the internet marketing niche. And that one, both sites, we bought two sites from two different brokers at the exact same time. One of them had a database of about 15,000 users. Another one had 20,000. The, the offerings were very complimentary. We cross-promoted it and instantly increased the uh, income of both of those unrelated sites. And now we're working on doing a similar thing where we've got a deal we're trying to close. It has about half a million people in a database where that product and database complements another site that is already in our network of sites in the portfolio. And, you know, they've got a social media following of a couple hundred thousand. And so it's just like you're, you're kind of leveling up these numbers and doing these cross promotions where that's my biggest green light right now is being able to take, whether it's in the survival niche, whereas in the internet marketing niche, these other two that I just mentioned with the six-figure size followings are in the fashion and beauty niche. And we can plug a deal in, cross-promote those deals, and instantly uh, increase the, the income. Are you kind of in the buy and hold phase of this? Like, I'm curious how many properties are in your portfolio right now? I have 28 right now. I'm trying to grow it, but it's like, you know, as soon as the, the, I'm, I'm ready to uh, buy more, somebody else wants to sell one that we're in. So one of the tough things is, you know, with my operators, a lot of times they're in a deal, they want to grow the deal, sell it, and then do a bigger deal. And I don't have time to run every business. So when they come to me... Yeah, how many how many on your team to manage that portfolio? That seems pretty crazy. So not a lot on my team. Like, like I, like I uh, described our uh, structure, I partner with people who join our program. So it's like everybody that I'm in deals with, you know, we're, we're partners. When somebody comes to me, one of those partners wants to sell their, sell the business. You know, it's like, uh, I'll go down, I'll, I'll, you know, I've got a couple where we're about to sell them. So I'll have like 26, but we got three more that I, that we're buying. So it'd be like 29, but in that range, I really, my goal is to get to a hundred, but I, I, I gotta get some folks that want to actually hold on to the deal for longer than a year. The parallel to, you know, offline real estate, like I would have no business buying a house because I'm like a horrible handyman. Like if I bought like a, a, you know, a rehab project, like I'd have to hire out how that works. I'm curious if like you see this site, for example, that's not mobile ready, or you see this site where I could, you know, just add this, this and this and, and increase earnings. Do you say, well, I don't have the technical expertise to get that done? Or do you like that's kind of a prerequisite to get into this? You know, when, whenever I'm looking at a business and somebody comes to us and we're going to walk through kind of what's the criteria, what am I looking for, you know, how am I going to help you find a deal? One of the things that, that's real neat as a, a quick side note that uh, I thought of as, as you were asking that is I like to match up people with the deal that they're going to do really well at based on their personality and their interest and kind of what they enjoy. So there's some folks that are just great at customer service. There are other people that want to dig into the numbers and really perfect a marketing strategy. Other people that are writers. 
And if we can find a deal, not just that calls for writing, but where the previous owner was amazing at SEO and we're, we're terrible writers and we get in there and it's like, oh, man, this is some terrible writing. We've got somebody on the team that, who, who can partner on this deal and take this to another level. That becomes really valuable. So a quick example is, you know, in that fashion deal, one of the deals that we're bringing to the network on the fashion side is run by somebody who knows nothing about fashion. They're a numbers person. They haven't been very innovative in the products. And then we have this other deal that not just leveraging the database, but it's very, very fashion forward. I mean, there's a system, but it's, it's um, you know, it's just very great fashion, great taste. The person running it gets it, knows it. So in addition to just the, the database and, and cross-pollination there, it's bringing that expertise an ability to the deal that isn't just like, okay, well, this is what it takes to run this business. It's this owner was very, very weak at that. We're going to continue doing what they're doing, but we're going to add this additional strength. Okay. It's kind of like a fit to the niche and also, you know, where can I kind of fill in the gaps? Now, you ever been burned by a, a purchase that didn't perform like tell me i'm not the only one here <laughs> absolutely man absolutely we've had uh a, a few deals so you know we've done over 100 deals we had three that just completely bombed like yours where it just went to zero i'd say that's a pretty good success ratio actually yeah yeah so that's it's a, a really cool. good success ratio okay well okay we'll circle back to that but but go ahead <laughs> yeah yeah so we've had probably uh, we've had another five or six that very very like underperformed to the point where it's like man i gotta get involved and, and really hustle but the truth is when I look at those deals, it's not that big a deal because even when these things suck, they perform better than anywhere else I can put my money. You know what I mean? So like with those other five or six, it's like, oh man, revenue has dropped 50% on this. So you think about that, like in most things like, oh, revenue dropped 50%. That's a nightmare. But the truth is, in this world, when you're buying something at a two multiple, you're getting a 50% return a year and it go, it gets hit hard and it goes down to 25% instead of a 50% return. It's like, where else are you going to put your, still pretty good. Yeah, where else are you going to put your money and make 25% on it? And, you know, we're, it still is able to, we're able to get in there, bring some expertise in and, and grow those. On the three that went down to zero, that's when it's the most painful. And, you know, I tell people all the time. One of the reasons that I am a very big believer in this mindset of building a portfolio of these things, as opposed to that, is, yeah, we've got a great success rate, but it doesn't matter if you're one of those three people whose deal went to zero. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, it it doesn't... Yeah, if you don't have the 100, you know, if you don't have the 97 winners to balance that against, like, that's... Exactly, exactly. And I'm, you know, for me, too, like, I want everybody to win. And, you know, out of those three deals, we were able to bring one of them, you know, I kind of go into the specifics just, you know, so people get some value. One of them, I, I advised against doing the deal, and it was because it had a copyright violation with Adobe. It was like an online Photoshop kind of thing. And it said photo. It was like called online Photoshop.com. Oh, okay. Had like in the domain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so making great money. He was like, I want to do it. 
So basically, we're like, we got to get this at, at an amazing deal. We actually did get close to about 100% of the money before it went to zero. The really crazy thing is that we were able to rename it something else, and then it went higher than it was when it was online Photoshop. So that was one of the good stories. It, it was hustle, though. You know, I tell people, like, we brought, we brought back two of the three and, you know, that wasn't like, oh, like we had one month of zero and then the next month it was making money. Like I love to paint the real picture of this stuff. So that was like six, seven months of going back and forth with Google, talking to them, try, changing the name, you know, all this stuff to get that working. No, that's that's actually really important to bring up because, yeah, you're not going to get these returns from a mutual fund most likely, but I'm also not going to. You have to, uh, you know, write content for my mutual fund. I'm not going to have to, like, you know, build links or, you know, do all this marketing stuff. So I think that's a that's an important distinction to make as well. So, so one, like, went to just total garbage? So, yeah. we would Then one of the three went to just total. He didn't want to do any work on it. I mean, I was like, hey, I just want to go and do more deals. Uh, you know, and instead of spending my time. Uh, which is a great philosophy. Like as a deal maker, it's like instead of spending my time on this one, I would rather just go out and try to do some more, learn from this lesson, lick that wound. And and yeah, he ended. He's actually got four deals right now that you know he's involved in. Looking back on it, was it like a red flag that you could have <laughs> could have foreseen? Like this was going to go south. There were some things that if it were going to be my only business, then I wouldn't have bought it. Or, you know, I would advise against it. But that was one that, you know, we, we liked the deal. We knew it had, obviously, each one of these has risk. It had higher risk because of the non-diversification in the source of income, non-diversification in the source of traffic. And uh, so uh, we knew what we were getting into. Interesting. So looking for these uh, looking for these deals. So you're saying uh, bizbuysell.com, empireflippers.com. Avoid avoid Flippa. It sounds like, and then go into you know these targeted groups on uh, on LinkedIn and and meet up to say, hey, I'm I'm here to buy businesses. I'd like to you know talk about that. So I think that's a an interesting way to go. Yeah, we we share some of uh, some of our deal flow on on you know when people in the network are going to sell their businesses, you can get on that list at, at portfoliosharks.com as well. This is an entire subject all on its own. Um, but like on the due diligence front, um, so you know, I'm looking at the traffic sources. I'm looking at the revenue sources. I'm looking maybe at the uh, the time required to manage this thing. Like anything else that is on your like must do checklist while you're evaluating a, a site or a purchase. Actually, the seller. <laughs> That's one of the things a lot of people don't pay attention to. You know, who is this seller? What's their background? Have they sold deals before? Have they sold similar deals before? You know, what are their plans after this? Am I going to have to worry about them being a competitor? You know, how did they build this? Are they members? Uh, You know, when I search their name or their username from Skype, do I find that they're in a black hat community? Just that kind of research. And so you can tell just by the depth of the research we do just on the seller in each one of those other areas, there's a lot of depth that you can go to. I would recommend people check out the uh, due diligence episode on Web Equity Show. They actually took a recording because we really went deep into this due diligence. They played it on Empire Flippers as a uh, episode as well. But that due diligence okay. show gets really into it. So go to WebEquityShow.com. You can look up 
that episode and you'll get a, a little bit more insight into due diligence on these deals. Okay, sounds good. Web Equity, that's the new show you're hosting with Justin? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I got to check that one out. That sounds like it. I'm just, even though I got kind of burned by that, like I'm still like high on this whole idea. Like, I don't know, for some reason it's very exciting to to be able to like buy cash flow. Or, like, I don't know, that's for some reason like that's uh, that's exciting to me. And, uh, and hopefully it is for you too. So Ace, thank you so much for joining me. It's Ace Chapman at uh, PortfolioSharks.com. And uh, we'll wrap this thing up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. My number one tip is that transition in thinking that my mentor gave to me when um, I I'd sold a business and I was excited about a startup idea that must not have been that great because I can't remember what it was. But, you know, I'm 26 years <laughs> old and I'm telling my, my mentor about this idea. It's like, man, I got the cash. I'm going to do this. It's exciting. I can tell he's not excited at all. And, you know, I'm like, obviously he's not getting it. So I get even more passionate and I get to the end of my pitch and he's like, tell me about your laptop. I'm like, wow, are you just going to ignore? You're not giving me any feedback on my idea. And he's like, where did you buy that? And I told him I got it from Dale. And he's like, well, why didn't you just go build it yourself? And I was like, I, I don't know how to do that. I don't have the parts. He's like, you know, order the parts online. You can find out how to do it online. It's like, I, I don't want to build computers. He's like, exactly. What you want to do is use the computer. You want to get online. You want to be able to use Word and, and documents and, and all that. Your goal isn't to be able to build a computer. It's the same thing with income. When, when we want a computer, we go out and we buy it. When we want a car, we go out and we buy it. When we want a house, we go out and we buy it. The only time we don't, we, we think, oh, man, like I wouldn't build my house or my car or my computer from scratch. But I'm going to build my income from scratch. And so he's he's the person that really transformed my thinking and shifted my paradigm as far as just, man, when I need money, I go buy it. I don't know that I've ever heard it phrased that way, but I like that. That's um, <laughs> that's a really insightful one. Ace, thanks so much for joining me and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. This edition of the Side Hustle Show is brought to you by Ricola. No, I'm just kidding. It's fresh books. With all the balls you have to juggle in your business, the last thing you want to worry about is how to actually get paid. And that's where FreshBooks comes in. FreshBooks is an award-winning cloud accounting software that's giving thousands of side hustlers, freelancers, and entrepreneurs like you the tools to save time billing and get paid faster and in a more organized and professional way. So I originally signed up for FreshBooks so I could invoice a writing client of mine and save on the PayPal fees, but they do a lot more more than just invoicing. So when you open up your 30-day free trial, you're going to find auto billing for recurring payments, time tracking, super handy if you're just, you know, if you're billing hourly or trying to figure out your effective hourly rate, um, expense tracking with just taking a picture of the receipt and automatic syncing with your bank account. If you've got questions, you can count on FreshBooks support rockstars to go above and beyond whenever you need a hand. To try FreshBooks completely free for 30 days, go to freshbooks.com slash side hustle or enter the side hustle show in the how did you hear about us section. That's freshbooks.com slash side hustle for your free 30 day trial. All right, very interesting point at the end about, hey, look, you buy everything else you need in life. Why are you toiling away trying to build a business from scratch? So my top takeaways from this call with Ace, number one, 
Uh, it's not about buying a business. It's about building a business of buying businesses. I thought that was a really cool soundbite. And, and kind of reading between the lines on that one, what I'm hearing is taking back control over your investments, buying assets you understand and can have a direct impact on in terms of the performance. Like a, and, and Ace mentioned this, a stock might trade at 24 times annual earnings, where an online business might trade at 24 times monthly earnings. Now, naturally, where there's uh, an outsized reward, there's also outsized risk most of the time. And, and as I can personally attest to, having been party to uh, an Empire Flippers deal that didn't pan out, um, I actually did a, a whole episode on that with Justin uh, on their show. I'm going to link that up in the show notes if you want to hear all about uh, the ins and outs of that deal. Um, the uh, the sticker price, number two, so for me, number two, the sticker price is only one part of the deal. Like A said, there are going to be some creative financing options, including seller earnouts that make it possible to get into this game without writing a huge check for your life savings. Takeaway number three is to look for businesses that are a good fit for your skills and interests. Because unless you have a full-time like management staff at your disposal, you're probably going to be doing some of the maintenance work on this thing. And if you don't know what you're doing, that's going to be a challenge. Now, that said, I think ACE's investing model can be a fast track where you can test things out with real customers, real revenue, instead of spending months or years building the groundwork for something that may or may not ever even reach the same level of income. So that was it for me. If you um, want the free PDF highlight reel with all of ACE's top tips from this conversation, you can grab that at sidehustlenation.com slash ACE. And I'm curious to hear what you think. Like, have you ever bought a business? <laughs> Let me know in the comments for this episode, uh, you know, how it turned out, what you do differently. And, and if you see this as a viable side hustle income stream. I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there, make something happen, and I'll catch you in the next edition of The Side Hustle Show. Hustle on. Thanks for listening to The Side Hustle Show at www.sidehustlenation.com.